This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley's meat sticks have been a lifesaver during this hot summer. Since they're shelf stable, I always have three Paleo Valley meat sticks in my bag at all times. It's also been perfect for my boys' lunch boxes. I love Paleo Valley's grass finished beef sticks and pasture raised turkey sticks because they support US family farmers that focus on regenerative agriculture. These meat sticks are from animals that have never been fed grains, soy, corn, or GMOs and have never been given antibiotics. The spices in these meat sticks are also 100% organic. The sticks come in five different flavors, and my favorite is the original beef stick, and my boys love the teriyaki beef sticks and the original pasture raised turkey stick. Paleo Valley's meat sticks are a perfect snack and, frankly, a great value without skimping on quality. Each stick is about $2 with our discount code, and it comes in a 10 pack bag. Make sure to support this podcast and head over to paleovalley.comslash CATG and use code CATG to get 15% off your first order. Thanks for listening and supporting the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Laura and I are just going to be talking really candid. This is what this podcast is all about. It's one thing to say, I want to eat something else that's not meat. It's a whole other thing to say, you need to eat something else that's not meat. If you notice that you're jumping from diet to diet, at a certain point, you have to wonder. The only common denominator is me. Get outside, go for a walk, get some vitamin D, breathe some fresh air,、uh, and, and stay happy and healthy and, and take care of yourselves. Let's just have some real talk. <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Welcome back to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. My name is Laura Spath, and I am joined by my wonderful friend and co host, Judy Cho. Judy has not been feeling well. And so we, we decided, I think we're going to talk about it today. So we, we've pushed back this recording a little bit. We're getting it in just under the wire to get it up for you guys.、Um, but、uh, Judy and her family have been sick. If you read her newsletter, you saw that her whole family got COVID right at the tail end of their Christmas vacation.、Um, and it's been about a week now. So, how are you feeling now, Judy? How's everybody doing? A lot better. You know, we went to Miami for the holidays. And then I think. Midway or close to the end of the trip, I started feeling a little bit of a sore throat. Didn't think of it as anything. Close to the last day, or I started feeling fatigued, just kind of tired, run down. And I normally don't feel that way. So I took a nap on the plane.、Um, and then by the time I got home, I just was not feeling well. My parents and I both started feeling unwell around the same time. I think it was me and my mom. I just decided to get tested because everyone、um, seemed like they were getting COVID and we all tested positive. It was a little hard to get、uh, the tests. And so we did some home tests and then I went to a pharmacy and got mine tested. My parents went to some place in Los Angeles and they waited for like three hours to get tested. And We all tested positive. But prior to even getting tested, we were taking a lot of supplements. My parents were on ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine just in case.、Um, I have done enough research where I think early treatment is so important. And so my parents were like, well, it just seems like a slight cold. I think we could sleep it off. And I pushed them because of their age, because they're not vaccinated. I just said, well, you're 70 years old, just in case, start taking it. And they did. Um, and then once they were positive, I was glad that they took the medication. 
And I think there's, um, you know, the, the studies out there and the questions when you hear those two terms, a lot of you are already rolling your eyes and maybe not even listening as three sentences in. But the studies of whether or not they work to uh, help with COVID are unknown. However, it is known that they're not hurtful. And so just to kind of put that in there, that those things are not hurtful. And a lot of people think they are helpful anecdotally. Um, But then, you know, according to the CDC, they're not necessarily helpful. However, we know they're not hurtful. Um, One of the reasons I know you and I discussed why we wanted to talk about this is just because it's kind of going around everywhere and you don't know for sure if your family and everybody had uh, Omicron. It sounds like you had a little bit different experience than I did. Is it Omni, Omni, whatever, how you pronounce it? The transformer. Omicron. 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 There we go. (laughs) And so um, it sounds like you had a similar uh, in a lot of ways experienced what I did when we talked about it back in uh, August, but then also some differences. I think too, you know, we want to talk about what it was like for your family and, and how everybody's doing, but we also want to talk, like you mentioned, about the early treatment and just yeah. some things that your family did, the things that a lot of people have done. You and I both have listened to some podcasts lately that have really pushed the unfortunate lack of information that's been out there the last two years about early treatment uh, and things that you can do to get in front of it and what a positive impact those can have on your overall outcome. Um, and I know that's what we want to do now. So, um, I know that was a big focus. You had been prepared ahead of time. So you guys tested positive, but it wasn't this, even if you didn't, right. Like you said, getting tests in general is so hard to do. Um, and finding tests and getting appointments or waiting in line. So even before you got tested, you just knew you were sick. And so you had prepared yourself in advance in case you got sick, let alone if it was COVID. So what were things that you did um, months ago to prepare yourself for if and when you got sick? So I'm just going to rewind a little bit further than that. Um, When the COVID shot was coming out, I did research primarily. It was because me and my brother were not on the same page of if my parents should get vaccinated. I did a lot of research for that reason back in November of, I guess it was 2020. And at that point, I just was hesitant from the information if um, it was safe enough for my parents. And again, everyone will be different. And so at that same time, when I was doing the research and what are the options if you don't get the vaccine, um, that's when ivermectin was still being researched and hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C. And so I stocked up on all of that. Um, I called the American frontline doctors back then. And I scheduled an online appointment and I got medication for my parents just in case the day that they got COVID that they would be prepared. And I'm not just telling them not to get a vaccine, but that we are prepared in case they do get it. And so it took over a year that they even needed to take the medication, but I am so glad they took it because my dad took ivermectin for two days and literally he was fine after Um, He got less sick than you did. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And And he's like 30 years older, plus had diabetes and cholesterol issues. But he's, yeah, he was very Previously, but that's part of it. Obviously, they have made their health a big priority the last couple of years and like trying to be as healthy as possible. And I know we mentioned this in the episode we did about when I got sick, um, but you and I both, our kids were vaccinated, all the normal shots they needed up until a till COVID happened. And then we both have kind of stopped at this point, but it has nothing to do with our belief in like vaccines in general. It's more necessarily about this one and and the 
the good and the bad. And just like you said, the wait and see mentality. Hey, let's wait and see. Let's get as healthy and prepared as possible. And let's wait and see if it's going to be effective. And and we're kind of still in that pattern of like, well, it's not preventing the virus. Um, So where's the cost benefit risk for that? And so I know that's where you and I both fall as far as like vaccines in general. Um, We're not somebody who I would never consider myself anti-vaccine before, I never really got a flu shot. They're just, I kind of never felt, again, risk, reward, benefit for me there. But when I was pregnant, I made anybody who was going to touch the newborn baby get a pertussis shot. Like my mom had to get one. Like I very much pushed that because it was something that I felt like was necessary to protect my newborn baby like before she came. So we kind of both have figured all this out throughout the last couple of years or, or, you know, just been reading the information as it comes in. Yeah. And as I shared information throughout the years um, or throughout this pandemic about whether kids should get vaccinated or um, the entire population, I just did my own research. And it's not really about the vaccine at this point. It's just if you get it. I know so many people this with Omicron that have had the vaccine and they also got Omicron and they're sick. And so ideally, this message is really about what do you do if you get it? And so the key for me was you need to be prepared. As much as I'm healthy and I'm eating meat-based, it took me down for a day or two. And um, it was like the worst flu I've ever had. And had I not had the supplements prior to that, so as soon as I had a sore throat, I started taking supplements. And if I didn't have that, I don't know if I would have um, I guess, been on the mend faster. And so, yes, like make sure to eat a clean diet prior, but you can get sick off this. And so I, I hope that everyone has whatever you need to make sure that you can get over it as soon as you show any inkling of illness. And that is, I mean, the reason that we're doing this is that you guys can prepare so that you don't have to get sick and then have to get really sick. Yeah. And I think you're, you took a lot of early intervention things, even though they weren't the same prescription medication that your parents took. What's interesting though, is that you had them prepare and have all the prescriptions on hand, but you didn't do that for yourself. So we're also, you know, know. uh, taking your own advice here. This is core uh, Judy is making sure everybody else is taken (laughs) care of, but then forgetting to like, take care of yourself in the midst of all that. So and I regret it. I really yeah, regret it. I absolutely. wish I had I wish I had ivermectin so I probably would have felt better a lot faster. But instead, um like American frontline doctors they recommend uh if you don't have that you could take quercetin and I just doubled up on my quercetin. I don't know if I would have felt better if I had the other medication, but um I wish I did. And I know the big um, positive treatment that's being talked about for early help right now is the monoclonal antibodies that are really so many doctors that we listen to um, are talking about the benefits those can have from an early intervention aspect, but those are um, really hard to find right now, unfortunately. Um, And it's really difficult to get somebody to to give those out. But I do think, and I know you're going to talk a little bit more about your, um, what you did specifically, but just being prepared. Obviously we, we want to be as healthy as possible. That's the, that's the ideal. Um, and thinking it's too late already, like, Oh, I'm already unhealthy and I still have diabetes. Like it's too late. It's not too late. Cause you don't know, yeah. you know, what's happening next. And we do want to make sure that, that we're as healthy as possible. Um, but just unfortunately, I think there's too many people who have negative outcomes after getting sick because they wait at home. They're told wait at mm-hmm. home. Don't come to that, which is great. You don't have to go to the ER the minute you get sick. You don't. 
but you have to do something like it's just the waiting at home and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then you go to the hospital when you're already too late to really have any of these treatments help you. But there are so many early uh, intervention treatments and supplements and things that you can do to really help you um, if you start early. And the earlier that you start all of these things, right, taking something like ivermectin after you've already been positive for a week isn't really going to do much for you, which is why being prepared ahead of time is so important. And it's not easy to get the medication anymore. I mean, when I bought it a year and a half ago, it took about a week and a half to get it. And now it takes a few weeks to get it. So that's where it's really smart to be prepared. And then even with the supplements, um, you just have to think that any illness where our body is fighting, it takes resources within our body. So when we're obviously sick, we have less of an appetite. And if we have less of an appetite, we have less raw materials to fight off whatever is affecting us. And so that's where it's really smart to even have the nutrients like zinc or um, other other supplements that can help fight off um, and support your immune system. And it's just smart to have these when it, it's you can get it on Amazon or you could get it at your local pharmacy or your market and um, you can get these supplements which aren't that difficult to get. But at least it will make a world of a difference in terms of trying to fight off Um, the virus and also giving your immune system that extra boost it may need so that you don't get really sick. And so you learned about like what you should, cause that's the number one question that I think I've gotten since I shared about it is like, well, where did you get all this stuff? Where was, um, where did you learn about this and where did you find the information about supplements and the the protocol to use? Yeah. So over the few years I've been researching, um, there's always new information coming out. But I think the people that are just consistent and that other doctors that we listen to also validate is American Frontline Doctors. I just like them because it's really simple. Um, I will put a link in the show notes. But if you go to American Frontline Doctors, they have a list of here's what to take when you have active COVID or if you are feeling sick. And I followed a lot of that. I didn't follow it to the T. For example, they recommend um, antacids. Uh, I think it was Dr. Malone that's doing some research studies with antacid that shows um, v- efficacy against COVID. But I didn't want to take stomach acid suppressants because, I mean, if I can't get right. the nutrients from my foods, then that's not ideal. So I listened to the podcast with Dr. Peter McCullough and uh, Robert Malone um, and their separate podcast with Joe Rogan, and we can link to that as well. But in both of those, they talk about treatments and especially early treatments, meaning that if you feel like you have a sniffle, a slight headache, um, a little bit of a body ache or a sore throat, you may just want to start taking some extra supplements to start warding off whatever may be coming. Right. And that's the thing. At some point, it doesn't really matter um, if you get tested or not or what it is. Like there's things that you're sick in general, like you can be doing things to kind of feel better before you even find out what it is in this environment where it took you six days, seven days almost to get an actual positive test. If you would have waited until that point to start any type of uh, help for yourself or treatment and just, I mean, you could have been a lot worse off than you were, um, or it could have just taken a lot longer to ride it out at that point. Yeah. I mean, one thing I'll say is my parents, um, so my mom first had a sore throat and then she felt a little bit of body aches. Um, My dad didn't get sick until like a day or two after that. And so my mom said, oh, I'm just going to take NyQuil or I'll take some Tylenol and I'll go to bed. I'll be fine. And 
it makes sense because it reduces your fever, you you feel less achy, but you're not giving any raw materials to actually fight the virus. And so I pushed you're it on her. You're masking the symptoms at that point. Right, right. And so that's why I kept saying, no, you have to take the supplements. And then by day two, I made her take the ivermectin. And she was like, but I'm not sick. And But they took it. And I think it, it's made all the difference in their illness. And like I said earlier, they were less, you know, they're um, obviously your parents, they had had a lot more health metabolic health issues in the past. They have been doing carnivore for a couple of years now and are healing a lot of those things. Um, But they were less sick than you were. Um, How did the rest of your family, the kids and Kevin uh, fare through all this? So I think Kevin had COVID. Um, we're not sure because when he tested back then it was negative, but he had all the symptoms that were similar to yours back in August. Mm -hmm. And so when we all got it this time, he was maybe unwell for half a day and that's it. And so I think he got it before. And that's why maybe, um, the kids, they just had a cough. Aiden, the youngest one who's five, he slept a little bit one day and was a little moody. And that was my tell of something's off for him. But um, they took quercetin, they took zinc, they took vitamin C, they took a little bit of vitamin D, and then that's it. But for them, they didn't take anything else. They didn't sleep extra or anything like that. Only Aiden did for that one day. But they have a slight cough. They're healthy. I think it's because they're meat-based. And also, I think that is the common thing that we're hearing with most kids, especially yes. you know most healthy kids in general. It sounds like my kids were maybe if I had, I, just because I was proactively checking, they spiked a little fever at one point and slept in a little bit. But other than that, I wouldn't have even thought about it or noticed, um, which is, you know, thankfully w- what we're seeing with most kids uh, in this situation. Right. Yeah. I think most kids get through it without, I mean, the only reason I tested them was because I tested myself and my parents tested positive. Otherwise I wouldn't have tested them. And then we would have never known they had it. And I mean, that's just how it is for the kids there. We heal a lot of our illness through the T cells. And for, if we have a lot of past illness, um, we have a lot of the T cells have to remember a lot of things in our immune system. But for the kids, they don't have a lot of that experience. So their T cells are kind of fresh and they can fight off this virus pretty easily. Yeah, which is, I mean, in any circumstance where people are sick, we just think a lot of times in our society before COVID, we normalized like push it out, go to work anyway, go to school yeah. anyway. And, you know, you're exposing people to colds and the flu and strep and like things that are yucky anyway. And so we should have been a better rather than kind of like somebody else making the decision about what you have to do with staying home or where you can go and where you can't go, we should just normalize, like, if you're sick, stay home. And if you're healthy, you know, live your life. And I think that with getting as healthy as possible and with early prevention, that's obviously the mindset that we want most people to feel is that they can be living a normal life right now and be prepared for whatever comes our way. You know, I posted a picture on Instagram this week, just with I sometimes I I, uh, don't like to do before and afters because I don't like to sensationalize the weight loss element of it. But I wanted to show my before and after, which is actually me skinnier than I am now. But what I could what is possible, what you can accomplish in a short, relatively short period of time. Like this was me in less than a year, lost 120 pounds. Yeah, it was obviously before covid. But we've now had two years of COVID and most people, because of a lot of the recommendations are just to stay home. That's the answer to most things. And so a lot of people are ending up sicker than they were before. And now we're trying to go out and live normal life and our immune systems are even weaker than they were before. And so I had mentioned that in the post, I said that the recently 
the corporate press is talking about um, how obesity is a factor for COVID and that you know, losing weight could improve your outcome with COVID. And I said, it's unfortunate that that wasn't mentioned two years ago um, as our main focus point of like reduce processed foods, eliminate sugar, uh, reduce carbohydrates, get some fresh air and vitamin D. Like, you know, you and I have mentioned those things before and how important it is. And it's unfortunate that that wasn't the message. And I kind of got some pushback where people were, I got a lot of comments that were like, yes, they did. They've been saying from the beginning that obesity was a, was a comorbidity. And while that might've been mentioned somewhere, it certainly has never been the main message of like, this is how you protect yourself. If it was, they wouldn't have closed the gyms. They wouldn't have locked up the playgrounds and put chains on the basketball nets. And like, they wouldn't have done these things that forced you to stay home and watch Netflix and order Uber Eats. Like that's been the entire message of the last two years is like, stay home, watch TV, eat food. That's it. And it's just, that's the part that got me frustrated was like, maybe it was mentioned in a list of comorbidities along with smoking and alcohol and other things. But like the joke of like, stay home and drink wine. Cause it's a Tuesday during COVID was like everywhere. That's all anybody right. talked about, especially for the first year. And it was just really unfortunate that we could have used this as an opportunity to get healthier as a society. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I mean, if you listen to the podcast with Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough, they talk about how this virus attacks or it carries through the fat cells. It's just stuff that we should be told. We should also be told that if we are going to stay home um, and not go to the hospital until we're really sick, that we should be doing stuff while we're at home, not just taking um, pain reducers or fever reducers, but actual supplements that can help you fight this virus. And that kind of stuff is never mentioned anywhere. And I think it's really unfortunate because like in one of the podcasts, they say that almost 80% of the deaths could have been prevented if we did early treatment on anybody, especially when the vaccine wasn't around. Right. Because we had a you know over a year when that didn't happen. And now, yeah. no matter, I mean... Listen, even the main uh, corporate media is even saying now that, like, if you have been vaccinated, you can still get COVID. And so it doesn't even make me crazy anymore to say that, like, it's not going to prevent you from getting COVID. Um, And so regardless of if you get it or not, is not even our message. Like, that's a personal choice. You have to decide, like, are you an unhealthy person? You know, um, are you somebody who is obese? Are you still dealing with health issues? Like what, what's your risk reward benefit, um, in that for getting that or not? Um, but regardless, you still have to protect yourself and be, have some treatment options on hand and know what you're going to do in the case, like, you know, have your preparedness, um, ready so that if you get sick with anything, you know what you can do. It's like every time somebody gets the flu, we go to the store and scramble and buy all the things that we need to do. Why not just have like, a, oh, this is my stomach bug kit. This is my flu kit. This is somebody gets, you know, a kid gets us whatever. Like we should kind of be prepared for those things anyway, especially now when those things are harder to find. Chris has had vitamin C on our grocery list for the last two weeks because we can't find it in any stores right now. And so thinking, thinking ahead and trying to get um, some of those things to have on hand rather than trying to hunt them down when, you know, you're already sick is, is a good thing to do. Yeah. I mean, that's literally what we did. So I, 
um, we had COVID boxes where we just had the supplements that we knew we had to take and uh, we sealed it up. And we knew that as soon as we, one of us got sick, we'd open it up and we used it. And so I sent a bunch of supplements to my parents with the medications and I'm so glad I did. Yeah. This is a hard thing to talk about and I'm sure we're both going to get a lot of, uh, hate. and maybe I know you already, uh, have people with different opinions right after things like your newsletters. But I think that, you know, the term follow the science is something that's used a lot when anybody has a question about anything, but that's just it. Like it's changed. The science has changed on all these things that we're talking about so much where at first it was that, you know, I mean, I don't even want to get into it because it makes you sound crazy, but we know that everything that has been recommended has changed at some point and it's okay to think about it or do your own research. And it's okay to look at alternative informational sources. Um, and as much as pe- some people even listening to this don't want to hear it, like it doesn't make you somebody who's anti-science um, to want to look at other information sources. And I think, you know, I really am so excited about those Dr. McCullough and Dr. Malone um, uh, interviews that came out recently, because I think a lot of people heard those um, that Dr. Malone um, interview, I think it was like 300 million people have heard that now. And so it just goes to show how much people are ready for this information. And I think when everybody who had gotten vaccinated and gotten boosted all of a sudden got COVID, they were like, wait a second, I've done everything right. I've done everything that you've told me to. I did follow what you told me the science was and I still got it. But what does that mean now? And so, you know, it's okay to look at other things and you might decide that getting the vaccine is a right decision for you. Um, and it might not be depending on, on where you are, but either way being, you know, being prepared is important. Like we've been saying, if, even if you have the vaccine and the booster, you can get COVID. I mean, I know so many people right now that have COVID that have the vaccines and the boosters and they don't have a preparedness plan because they don't think they need to take any of these supplements because again, there's no messaging out there. Um, about what to take when you're waiting at home other than maybe some medication so you don't feel the pain. Um, In terms of the follow the science, so when I shared my newsletter, I did receive a few emails like that. And I, the reason why I shared my parents and my journey was because I have a few family friends that their parents got sick and didn't do much about it. They just try to stay at home and feel better. And they landed in the hospital and they were really sick. And, and so I shared my newsletter and I shared what we took because now I'm sharing it from just my story instead of this is what you should take. And I've given all the resources where you can get the stuff, uh, what, what it is. And it it was just a way that people can start early treatment, um, whether you have the vaccine or not. I think if you get sick, this is ideally what you want to take so that your symptoms are less and your um, the immune system is stronger. But when people tell me that I'm not following the science, it's silly because I did a lot of research. And so I don't like to really get on the podium and talk about this, but it is my parents that I care so deeply for that I chose after the research I did that I didn't think it made sense for them to get the vaccine. And at that point, and again, my parents' situation will be different than someone else's, but at that point, it didn't make sense for me. But I wanted to make sure that if they got sick, that I had everything in my might ready for them, that they would not right. die from this illness. And so when someone tells me that I am not 
following the science. I think it's so ridiculous because I wrote a, I, I think uh, the website says that it's a 45 minute read to read my blog post on if you should get the vaccine that I wrote a year and a half ago. And in that I cited so much science. So I find it. But it's interesting. interesting. Yeah, no, it is interesting, though, that like, there is no one set scientific information. So when we talk about follow the science, it's like, there's the science that the government is giving you versus the science that's out there. And like these trusted doctors, Dr. Malone, who we keep mentioning this podcast, literally invented the mRNA technology that was used in these vaccines. And he's even the one coming out saying like, this is not what this is for. Like, this is not what this was designed to do. And this is not what it was created for. And like, so there's definitely just not one uh, information, which is great about the way that research is done and the way that there is different, you know, peer reviews of things done. And uh, it's just really good to kind of gather all that information. Do you think that your parents and you and everybody being on a meat-based diet for the last few years made a positive impact on, um, on you all being healthy or getting through this easily? Absolutely. So before I was meat-based, I think I was pre-diabetic, which may have been why I'm like didn't bounce back right away. Who knows? Um, and for my parents, they were diabetic and they were overweight. So I don't know if I would have had the same stance for them when I was doing that research if they weren't meat-based. And they fared better than me. So I was right with the research that I did for my own family. And what I'm recommending, I'm not saying that people shouldn't get the vaccine or should. I mean, you just have to figure out what works for you. I know that's something that we say often, but I mean, when you do research on vitamin D, for example, there's research that says says it's toxic to take vitamin D. And then there's research that says vitamin D is really good for you. So just like that, like science is going to differ because think about how science how science spreads. It's having a hypothesis and then testing to see if it's true. And sometimes we have human error because we want this to be true. We have biases that come into play. There's accidents that can happen during studies and trials. And then we can be doing uh, metadata on studies that aren't ideal. And so like, what are you going to get from crap studies if you're reviewing crap studies? More crap, right? right? So I, I care a lot about our community and I would never share stuff that I would think would endanger people's health. And, and for the same thing with my family. Right. Not to bring up another controversial topic, but the same thing, you know, new information changes your opinion or changes your knowledge, I guess, not even opinion, but like what you felt about liver. You used to recommend liver as a superfood. And then you learned a lot about vitamin E toxicity and this other side of the scientific information that was out there and and diving into it. You know, there's still people who will disagree with you uh, on that because of the information that they have. And, And at least there is, you know, other places people need to then be able to kind of dig into it themselves if they're concerned, you know. Well, I have another question about uh, what you guys ate. So you said you didn't have much of an appetite during that time. What were you eating? Um, were you able to eat during the last week or so? And, and what kind of sounded good? Or were you were you able to, to have? Um, I'd say I'm eating less. So for some reason, fat does not sound like my friend right now, which is so amazing, right? Because I'm always pushing fat. Yeah. Um, so I can't do like the extra butter or like the fatty ribeye. So I eat meat. Um, the other day, the kids were eating bacon. I didn't really eat much of it, but I still eat meat. Um, it's probably a lot less than I should be eating. So my justification is, well, I'm taking a bunch of supplements. So hopefully it's carrying me over for now. Um, but yeah, even and I asked my parents too. same thing. They are eating meat based, obviously, but 
they are eating much less. They have less of an appetite as well. Uh, the American Frontline Doctors, that same page that I will recommend, uh, they say to eat less sugar because sugar is inflammatory yeah. and this illness is an inflammation um, illness. So if you want to have less inflammation, a meat-based diet is the best way to get through this. You may not want to eat the most meat. So actually, I've been eating a lot of eggs because, I don't know, maybe it's less fatty. I can tolerate it more. But just figure out what you can tolerate. Oh, I do a lot of broth. So I've been eating a lot of bone broth or just uh, broth with like maybe a little bit of spice so that I can tolerate it. If you could eat mostly meat-based, that would be ideal from an inflammatory perspective. Yeah, I think too many people instantly get sick or get the flu and then st- my mom even did this a couple of years ago, not with COVID, but just like out of nowhere, she got sick for the first time ever and started eating like saltines and, and seven up. And I'm like, you have been carnivore for a year and a half and you just mainline sugar to your system. What kind of, sh- you're trying to heal. Don't right. go back to uh, saltines and seven up just because that's what you've done previously. I, I, I'm the same way. I ended up eating a lot of eggs just because things like beef didn't really sound very good to right. my stomach. Or I ate some like shredded chicken stuff that was a little easier on me. Um, than trying to eat like a bunch of fatty beef. So those types of things are good to have on hand as well. Like have some of that in the freezer or make sure you're, you're keeping your eggs around. But um, don't think that just because you're sick, you have to go back to the crackers and the seven up because right. that's definitely uh, going to do the opposite. If anything, eliminate anything else that you're doing. That's not meat. Like if you're somebody who's ketovore and you have your treats every now and again, like get rid of those for a while to like really let your body focus on healing and only absorbing all of the best nutrients that you can. Yeah. And I'm okay with people eating less while they're sick. I mean, I I think there's a reason why your body doesn't want to eat as much. Your body wants to focus on healing and it doesn't want to focus as much on digestion and absorption. And so I'm okay that I'm eating a little bit less. Um, you know, but I make sure to hydrate for some reason. I don't know if it's one of the supplements, but I am so thirsty. And so I've been drinking a lot of water. Um, My taste buds are a little off. I could tell. Um, I don't worry too much about it. I just want to be 100% because I hate feeling sick. Yeah, I get it. So hopefully, I know that rest is a a big part of it. But this this early prevention is key. And like you mentioned, you're going to reference it below, but also your newsletter had a lot of that really specific uh, information in there as well. Yeah. And if you are alone with this, um, I guess if you want to call it alternative care or there's a thing that Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough both talked about called, I think it's uh, mass hypnosis. I think it was called something else, but mass formation psychosis. Oh, right. Okay. So it's something really uh, good to consider if you are sort of on your own island and you feel like no one else is believing the same science as you or no one is believing in the same way of healing as you are, you may want to just uh, watch this YouTube video. I'll put a link to it. It's pretty powerful. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I think I would think that after, you know, flattening the curve and being home for two weeks and then extending that out for two years and then getting multiple shots. And at a certain point, we have to wonder, are these treatments working? And if they're not, maybe we need to take care of our own selves and get the supplements we need or whatever else we need to um, have a stronger immune system. But people still just follow. And this is what I understand is if we have things that are available that don't hurt, right? They may not help. You're right. You, if you think ivermectin is a horse dewormer, which it's, it's, there's a people version. It's a won the Nobel prize for, uh, for people and billions of people around the world have taken it. If you think that it's not going to 
help you. It's factually not going to hurt you. So why can't we allow some of those things to happen, right? It's like, that's what I don't understand is why are the things that are possibly helpful, some of us think they are very helpful, um, not available as an early treatment option because um, I, I don't know. I just That's what I don't understand. And that's what makes me sound crazy or that's what makes me really distrustful of what's being told because uh, of, of the actual treatments, because they're not letting people have access to things that might work as well, or that, you know, people anecdotally are saying work that are working. And so that that's the part that I think is, is unfortunate. And, you know, that's where you can say that it's because of money, or you can say it's the pharmaceutical industries, or, you know, let those doctors kind of share um, their thoughts on it. But it's just unfortunate that we don't have access to work with doctors to make decisions that are right for our, our, our own health. Um, it's not like I want, I don't, I'm not an expert. I don't want to go out prescribing myself things. I want to talk to doctors and I want them to be able to prescribe to me what I want. Dr. Tro um, posted on his Instagram the other day out of sheer frustration and exhaustion, literally saying, please pray for me. I cannot get monoclonal antibodies to my patients. He is a brilliant doctor who has saved lives tons of lives. And he treats patients on a daily basis. And he is putting out this plea, please let me have access to this medication that's being prevented from being given as early treatment right now. And it is something that is the possibility to save lives. And he is not having access to it as a doctor. He can't give it to his patients based on their doctor patient relationship. And that is where I lose my mind. Yeah, it's unfortunate because it's, first of all, it's FDA approved. And Dr. Malone talked a little bit about that, um, the reason why it's not as available in uh, the podcast with Joe Rogan. So I highly recommend that. And let's just say that ivermectin is not as uh, potent as the antibodies. In other countries, like in Africa, where they take it consistently because of their just natural environment, they don't see as much of the uh, virus taking over the land. And right. in a lot of places like in Mexico and other countries, you could buy it over the counter. And here it's like, I bought another round of it. It cost for 35 of them. It cost me $260. It's insane right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that was not what I paid when I first got it a year and a half ago. But, right. and, and it's taking like two to three weeks to get it. The access for us to get healthier is so much harder when in other countries they're using ivermectin because they don't have the access to vaccines and people right. are getting better. And it's a combination of all these things, right? It's not even necessarily that one individual thing. Like this isn't a, a podcast about ivermectin. This yeah. is saying, you know, about all of the different options. There's a lot of different options that are hard to come by. Uh, and that that's the unfortunate part. But in the end, you know, being healthy, staying healthy, Hopefully you've started some good, we've, you know, hit some good goals for 2022, whether or not you've done that the last two years, this is a time to get healthy. There will always be something that is going to um, be a problem for you if you are metabolically unhealthy. You know, that's right. something as simple as, you know, my husband five years ago, this is what started us on our health journey was he was severely diabetic high blood pressure on tons of medications, major cholesterol. He got a tiny infection on his elbow and it turned into necrotizing fasciitis, right? Flesh eating bacteria in his body. And he almost died because his body was not healthy enough to fight off something simple. And it turned into this 
problem and he almost died. And that is happening time and time again, whether it's COVID, whether it's Omicron, whether it's, you know, a small piece of bacteria that your body turns septic, whether it's pneumonia or the flu, like all of these things, you you have to be as healthy as possible. And there's, it's not too late. It's not too late. If you're still yeah. somebody who struggled the last two years, I struggled a lot over the first year and a half of this, like stay home, don't go anywhere mentality. And I, we've talked about this to great length on here. Um, it's not too late now to have 2022 be the time when you can take back your health and enjoy living this great life. It is the last thing I'm going to say about this. Cause I've said so much, but I think there are people right now that don't realize that some of us have been living normal lives for a year and a half. Like I live a very normal life. We go places. My kids have normal school systems. They go to jujitsu every day. They're, you know, rolling on mats and they don't wear masks. And we go to church. There was a, you know, thousands of people. And like, we just, we're living normal lives and, and be healthy and be prepared for whatever comes your way. But there are places in the world right now where I think someday they're going to turn around and look and see that a lot of us were living very normal lives when they were not allowed to, you know, um, New York just sent kids home and did shut down all schools again, even with masks and even required vaccinations, they still shut down schools again. You know, it's, it's really sad and, and unfortunate, um, that there's just such a difference and, and the changes in what's happening in places like New York and then what's happening in other States that are wide open. There's not a difference in, in the cases and in what's going on. We have to just focus on get yourself healthy and be prepared for whatever comes your way and then live an amazingly fulfilling life with people that you love and enjoy every day that you have. And that's it. I really think that we shouldn't live in fear. Uh, when we get into a car, there is a risk of a car accident. When we get into a plane, when we go outside, there's always risks of accidents and deaths. And I know that this virus seems scary. And, you know, the first year, fine. But at this point, it's just we have enough data where we can support ourselves. And um, if you chose to get the vaccine, then you're protected that way. Uh, but I don't regret that my family, we took a family trip together and then we got it. But you know what? We were prepared. We've been trying to eat healthy. Sure, it was vacation. So my parents and the kids had some real sugar, but we were prepared in other ways with the um, supplements and other stuff and been eating meat based for years. And so don't be scared. Um, We will die eventually. That is the promise of being a human. But you don't get promised another day of life. And so like Laura was saying, it's um, as much as I got sick, I don't regret going on that trip. We had amazing memories where my kids were able to snorkel with their grandparents. And if we were scared, I don't know if we would have even had that experience. And take precautions. Like you said, the the cars and the airplanes, airplanes do safety checks and you wear a seatbelt in the car. And I'm that crazy mom who still has my almost eight year old in a five point harness, (laughs) like, because I'm so cautious of those things. Be prepared. Like you said, get your body healthy, get your life healthy, be prepared for whatever kind of illness is going to come your way and, and yet live a normal life. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because tomorrow is not guaranteed. That's for sure. Right. Absolutely. Okay, guys, I hope that this is helpful for you. We really just wanted to share that early prevention is so important. Um, Whether you have the vaccine or not, it doesn't really matter. It's just we can all get COVID and just make sure to 
boost up your immune system, um, look into the links and see what you can do to prepare for your family to have the least amount of disruption with COVID. And eat a lot of meat. Make sure you, this is what Judy closes her <laughs> nutrition with Judy. Make sure you eat a lot of meat. You got to take, what is it? Take care of your body because it's the only one you have place to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I'm glad you're feeling better and we can record. Thanks. I guys. know. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we'll talk to you guys later. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share and leave us a review and leave any comments and questions on Apple Podcasts. We will read and answer your questions and comments on an upcoming podcast episode. This also helps us to share our real talk with more community members. You can also find me on my other podcast, Nutrition with Judy, on all podcast channels. You can also follow my content on Nutrition with Judy's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find Carnivore Cure in paperback, ebook, and audio on Amazon. I also have a blog post and weekly newsletter with nutrition and wellness updates. You can sign up at nutritionwithjudy.com. You can find Laura on Instagram at lauraeastbath. You can follow along on her daily stories and see some of her funny skits. You can also find Laura on her YouTube channel where she shares tips on living a meat-based lifestyle. If you're wondering how much meat to eat in a day, week, or month, Laura has you covered. She also shares how to make a perfect sear on a steak and how extended fasting looks like in real life. You can find her YouTube channel by searching Laura's Bath. Thanks again for listening to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. And remember, make sure to cut against the grain. Cut against the grain.